0: This is so exciting! This is exciting. After twenty-one minutes of audio failure, <laughs> we're finally here. Whoa! Okay, cool. So, welcome to three wheeling. <laughs> I was like, "What if we could decide to call ourselves again?" Mom- just three wheeling. Mia moments yes. ago. <laughs> mere moments ago, when we had that detailed text message conversation we've been talking about doing a podcast probably since the day we met no that's a lie that's a blatant lie
1: I don't feel like that's is it though is that completely inaccurate because well you've been talking about making a podcast since the day that we met and I have just been firmly clinging to your coattails since you suggested (laughs) that and then casually initially dropping in oh I think that's a great idea and I would be interested, and then basically (laughs) harassing you until we finally come to where we are now, sitting here and recording. (laughs)
0: Um, I don't dispute any – I I take (laughs) umbrage with the, like, tone of the history that you're painting, but I was more being specific about, like, I think we met at a wedding two years ago, and we haven't been planning a podcast since then – but uh yeah that is true and I was
1: forgetting that in my story.
0: <laughs> yes, but um I do think since we met a couple of months ago when you were here in Melbourne, um definitely podcasting has been top of the list. So, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? Why are we starting the podcast? We are starting this podcast because
1: we feel that people in our age bracket need a little need a little chat, need a little check-in about I don't know how how would you describe it I feel you know the cultural things that we're looking at and thinking about but also I think a key thing that we really want to get into is the idea and importance of making friends in our 30s and what that's what that's like and how important it is
0: absolutely I was gonna say I think for me it's a 2 prong approach like it. Um the first the first prong is that I'm deeply narcissistic about my own voice and I need to be behind a microphone at any te- at any one stage. Um and but the second is yeah, like I listen to Shameless which is hosted by 220 somethings. I love Chat 10 looks 3 which is hosted by 240 somethings, but the high low used to be where I'd go for my 30 something chat. And I just feel like there's a massive gap. And especially the stuff that I do listen to that's in that kind of age bracket. They're married. They're coupled up. They're having kids. And I just don't... You know, I'm currently in lockdown in my one... I'm, I'm using the term one bedroom um, generously. <laughs> it's really like a studio with a wall. Um, it's hard. But, you know, yeah, I just hate... um oven baked chips for dinner and opened a cheap bottle of red and you know you are my social highlight for the day which is a joy but it (laughs) it is a different way of um of being than um with maybe a toddler running around and um three years of wedded bliss how about you what's your kind of angle on why we're starting this
1: I <laughs> I think female friendship is such a big topic of current conversation, cultural conversation. I think it's a really interesting and important topic, but it's something that I think I've thought about a lot more since I moved overseas gosh, initially eight years ago when I moved to Belgium, and then also three years ago when I moved to Australia, and you are thrown into a situation where you have to, and you've lived overseas as well, you have to say yes to everything to meet people. And particularly on moving to Sydney, what I found was you're moving to a city where a lot of people know people already. And therefore, you are really trying to crack into groups. And it's not that easy. And I think, I think it's just good to speak honestly about that and
0: and different ways that you can do it. And yeah. Mm. I think that's perfect because, I mean, there's already something terrifying about giving your number to someone in a romantic context or, you know, when you think that there's a chemistry and you think you're reading the room right and you're like, maybe I'll put myself out there. But I do think there's like a fresh sense of terror when, you know, there's like this other thing of like, do you want to be my friend? Like there's a a different sense of intimacy, right?
1: We're so far away from that moment when you were three or five years old on a playground and you walked up to someone on a swing or in a sandpit and you went, hi, my name's Sasha, what's your name? Like we're so far (laughs) from that, but you need, and we're also also glued to our various devices. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's really it's yeah it's harder i think and your insecurities your social insecurities only increase as you get older i mean some inhibitions disappear um slowly i feel that is true with you know moving into the 30s and things mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. though lots of things you get told about your 30s aren't necessarily true it's not like <laughs>
0: you suddenly turn 30 and you're like yes i get it i get myself and mm. i get it i'm a fully formed human being who has no body image issues that's what I thought would happen once I turned thirty. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not
1: that's not what's happening. And as you rightly point out, with all that in mind, we're now both in various forms of of lockdown, mm. and that is a whole other element into everyone's dumpster fire situation (laughs) of 2020 and 2021 of if you are trying to get out there and meet people in various forms yeah or just not even trying to meet people but keeping your social brain (laughs) active in some form even if that is with people that you already know it's
0: just so tricky and yeah I think being in lockdown or being in this situation is kind of I, I thought since returning to Australia that that kind of cocoon of friendship and that sense of intimacy that I thought I would have um, by being in a familiar environment would just come flooding back really naturally. But it's almost like the world has decided uh, to play a cruel trick. Yeah.
1: So with with that in mind, I guess, is there anything – I'm I'm gonna ask the question at the top. I thought it would be something we'd get to at the end, but let's ask it first off. Even in this period, is there anything you're doing that you feel is slightly different, that you're connecting with new people or
0: connecting with people
1: in a different way to how you might normally?
0: Yeah, okay. I would I thought I would come up with one, but I think I've got two. Hello. I know. I think I just, you know, like to rock the boat a little. Um I've joined just before lockdown, I joined a um, a boot camp that trains at the park near my house.
1: My idea of um, an actual nightmare.
0: <laughs> well, it it had that dual thing of it. You know, I work remotely. I work on my own. I do go to a co working space normally, but I don't have like a collegiate environment to tap into. And I thought, if I can give myself a social group to be accountable to twice a week that I need to turn up and I need to exercise in front of, then best case scenario, I'll make some friends. Worst case scenario, I'll feel too guilty to not exercise and I will just turn up. So I would say that um, I initially joined Just like for My Fitness, but in lockdown, we've kept going over Zoom. And it, oh, wow. some days it's been, yeah. And A, Zoom workouts are really hard because there's no like setting up the cones around the tree or something. Like there's no like natural break when my trainer's like, oh, just talk amongst yourselves. He's just like On to the next thing, like yelling at us like some kind of 90s PE teacher. So are you <laughs> circuit training in your one bedroom
1: slash studio apartment like running around <laughs> tins of beans, weightlifting,
0: the heaviest cushion you can find. Like what what does that look like? Um Yeah, it's exactly what you just imagined. Um, I think <laughs> my favorite is when he's like, if you've got space, just go on the diagonal, but if you don't, just on the spot and I am always on the spot. Is it being
1: rubbed in your face at all by uh, other people in the boot camp in some sort of glass box grand design situation with three golden retrievers running around near
0: the camera or? That is such a good question. No one has come on screen yet with a house that's made me truly jealous. Some people do have gardens which has made me go like oh I wish I had like a really nice backyard to just go out and My kingdom for a garden. (laughs) But I've got to say I've had the opposite feeling where we've been working out and like some small toddler (laughs) has just wandered across the screen and being like, Mom can I have a chocolate bar and like their poor mother who's like in the middle of doing you know burpees or um some kind of hideous exercise regime is or, or even worse they've been like can you open it for me or something and she's just like I just gotta stop and you're like look after little johnny and I'm going yeah that, I mean I'm glad that's not yeah. my life right now
1: <laughs> I yeah feel like okay so I f- um not single and i'm managing to isolate with my partner managing just about
0: oh just rub yeah, well, it in no, my face is, okay so
1: there's the isolation of being single in lockdown and then there's the mm. other extreme which is an entire family at home the entire time working out working yeah. schooling baby care at home all of the time and I mm-hmm. am aware <laughs> that I have none of the responsibilities, but I just have a bit of company. Yeah, it's it's probably the... E- we're both aware that it's the easiest lockdown situation that I think you could probably have.
0: Um, and for that, I'm endlessly grateful and also sorry. <laughs> you know, at any other time, I would say... I would be grumpy at you, but you're in Sydney, I'm in Melbourne... You are looking at a lot longer in that situation than me. So I think, you know, actually being in the perfect home environment is the best case scenario for a long lockdown because anything less, it's so stressful. So I am very happy for you. (laughs) I'm saying that genuinely. (laughs) I I am, I am
1: appreciative of you, of that. Thank you. And I, you know, I will also just add that it requires you know a level of communication that I was not even aware existed (laughs) to make that kind of thing work and I'm not even saying that we're making this work but you know (laughs) every day it's one foot in front of the other but yeah thank you for saying that I was conscious of spilling the beans on my lockdown situation
0: Um, I've got one more point and then I'm going to let you tell me your friendship point. And that is that every day I leave the house and I buy a coffee and there's a very friendly cafe. And so I think in like the extreme situations of a lockdown, I have talked to so many people in my elevator. I've talked to so many people in the queue at the coffee shop. And some days when I really think I'm probably going to go 24 hours without seeing another face, actually putting a mask on, going to the coffee shop, sometimes just... I've never been in my pajamas, but I have worn my slippers, um, <laughs> outside, which is really shameful. But, um, but you know, just, just doing that for myself. I know that sounds really extreme and that's not so much about like making friends long term or like getting out there and being social, but it's actually like just that level of like how important it is to talk to someone and how, Oh, what a difference it makes when you talk to someone super friendly who's just telling you about their day in the lift and you just go, oh, I just feel a little bit better now to go forward. And
1: the fabulous thing of if you're a regular somewhere. Yeah, just hearing someone be like, hey, Sasha, and saying your name, saying, like knowing what you're going to want. It's just nice.
0: Yeah. So that's my immediate tip. That's my, if you're really thinking how am I going to put a little bit of something into my routine every day, that's really been helping me. So Laurel, what are your tips? What would you do?
1: Love that. I um, have seen, well, as we all have, everything's obviously online Mm -hmm. as we've already described, Mm -hmm. but I think there have been things that I wasn't expecting to enjoy online that I actually have. So last weekend, my church actually was doing an online um like morning thing just for the ladies (laughs) from the church and um I was thinking my gosh this is going to be an absolute nightmare because it's on a Saturday (laughs) our entire lives are on screens at the moment the last thing I want to do is spend half of my weekend also attached to a screen but I tell you what it was so relaxing and so peaceful and it just really gave me positivity for the rest of the rest of my weekend and it was just yeah it was a really lovely thing to do and I will also just shout mm. out give an honorable mention to I think the other thing this would be one of my usual meeting people things that I love but um my book club ah oh, yeah I love my book clubs <laughs> so much I'm part of two book clubs and next week is book club week and I can tell you sasha that I am already very excited for my tuesday and wednesday night book club zooms because they're filled with wine and they're <laughs> filled with levity and yeah it's just a great it's just great so time. are
0: you one of those book club members who needs the deadline of the book club to finish the book or are you or are you already finished now and you're preparing your notes and you've got your talking points for next week
1: yeah, I'm, I'm the latter. <laughs> I'm the latter.
0: Yeah. I felt yeah. like I knew that. I was that kid at 40 school. before I was after
1: <laughs> I was that kid at school, and I'm that kid now. <laughs> I, yeah. I, like, I never did um, the all-night thing at uni. Mm. So I feel like if you did that, we're just, we're, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not that person. Yeah. I'm just not that
0: person. I think I did that once, and I have such a needy relationship with sleep, That I was, like, that was my main detractor. It wasn't that I couldn't do it. It was more that I was like, I just can't function if I work till 2. Yeah, if I work till 2 a.m. Yeah, sleep. Yeah, I can't. So that's my necessary. It's not because I want to be diligent. It's more that I go, if I don't do it now, then I'm just not going to function when it's due. Anyway, I digress.
1: It's a more practical (laughs) approach than the, um, yeah, mindset of my just constant, People pleasing and no one's even no one cares whether I finish this or not. No one cares, but I'm still approaching it from a people pleasing <laughs> perspective. I think.
0: I think that's the look. Problem. I respect it, and I think people people like me need who do things last minute, although in a timely manner, so I can still get to bed. Um, do need people like you to keep us accountable. So I thank you on behalf of my community. Well, I'm ha- happy to yeah. be here.
1: Sasha. With that in mind, yes. shall I ask you? but still on the book club theme, mm-hmm. what you've been reading this week yes, or recently? Yes,
0: recently. Well, um, I'm only halfway, well, Or I say halfway what as a bit of a stretch, but um, I started reading Billion Dollar Whale. Oh. Have you heard? Haven't I- heard. I'm, so, so if you don't know me personally, I am obsessed with con men and con women. Like I've devoured – Everything about Bella oh, what's her name? Bella Oh no. Belle Gibson. Yeah. Belle Gibson. I've devoured everything about Belle Gibson. Elizabeth Holmes. I I just can't get enough of that like it's just something about the precipice between delusion and narcissism and then also being a genius or being someone who's like willed something. Into happening and someone who is like cultivating that
1: belief in the people around them as well. And it's it's funny you mention that because then I wasn't going to say this. This will <laughs> be my honourable mention when we get to watch watching things. Mm. But um, because it's so old, so I just feel like I can't I can't mention it. But um, my we have been watching. I have been watching. I'm going to say I because if I say we, everyone's just going to vomit in their mouths, and I don't need that. <laughs> um, I have been watching for the first time Silicon Valley. And, yes, and as someone who writes day-to-day quite regularly about uh, the tech world, Mm. it, my gosh, yeah, it just, it (laughs) feels very real. And the idea of, you know, as I say, getting people to believe in your ideas, Mm. whether Mm. they even exist or not, um, yeah, feels very real, even in that comedic um,
0: sense. And and it's also their relationship with risk and just being able to take uh just risks that I think the regular person would would make that judgment and go that's not worth the consequence and just something about these character traits that means that they they think like not doing it is yeah is worse than than doing it and failing and and, and I don't mean in the sense of like oh ask the cute guy out at the store like scale and and be potentially embarrassed it's more like you know, lose billions of dollars, ruin people's lives. Like, you know, it's just this kind of uh, mind-boggling scale.
1: There's a gendered element to that, though, as well, usually, in terms of there's a stereotype that women tend to not take the same Mm -hmm. level of risks that men do, which I think is in part why the Elizabeth Holmes story perhaps fascinated people so much.
0: A hundred percent. And I think that's also why I gravitate towards it, because I think... When you look at the we work um, CEO and his story. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, good story. and just how closely that mirrors um, Elizabeth Holmes, and you know, just the difference mm-hmm. between, and then Bell Gibson is another kind of angle of that where it's like, you know, I'm I'm not a doctor and I don't have any medical training, so I'm I'm not at liberty to kind of like diagnose these things, but I just think there's such small steps between um, where we might traditionally just be like, oh, something's wrong with them versus like they're a visionary and mm. I know in particular Elizabeth Holmes you know modeling herself on Steve Jobs
1: yeah and down to the black roll neck
0: yeah and and the deep and the deep voice bit really gets me but I've gone off topic because billion dollar whale I'm, I'm only a little bit of the way through it but it's essentially a similar story of this hopefully I'm going to remember everything correctly there's a Malaysian born gentleman who went and studied at the top universities and used leveraged his connections and his social his understanding of social circles and his understanding of people to become a real deal maker and kind of did a you know, a series of um, droplets almost as where like the first deal was quite small and quite moderate and he just leveraged one out after the other until it was almost like the mythology of who he was, um, oh. was its own self. That's
1: like a hint of the, a hint of the sort of Ponzi scheme
0: What's his name? Bernie, uh, Bernie Madoff, kind of thing. Yes, yeah, it's like this self fulfilling, and and this is what I find so interesting is that self fulfilling prophecy between kind of believing in yourself and putting yourself out there and taking these risks and having them pay off, and and the ethical um, repercussions of that, and it's I just find it like a really fascinating. Um, section of humanity to read about so I'm yeah I'm just a little bit of the way through a billion dollar whale so that's what I'm reading at the moment so what are you reading at the moment what am I
1: reading well for my top recommendation on reading mm-hmm. because I also feel within this podcast Sasha I am going to have a heavy bent towards my reading picks and my watching picks are going to be slim. Okay, that's just (laughs) less my jam. But I will throw something into the mix every time that we record, I assure you. So on reading, I'm gonna pick my absolute favourite book of recent weeks and months. And Mm -hmm. that has to be a novel called Still Life by a -hmm. woman called Sarah Winman. And she's written a few books. This is just her latest. It's a novel set uh, between London and Italy Florence really oh
0: yeah yeah two excellent destinations
1: it's set uh very shortly after the second world war which I know is a period that some people love and some people hate to read about and I (laughs) respect your choices if it's something you hate to read about now I was brought up by a woman obsessed with reading about this time period and therefore I think via osmosis have absorbed this love of reading about sort of world war ii fiction um Mm -hmm. or reading world war ii fiction i should say so yes and it follows the main character who was a guy called ulysses who is honestly the nicest person i think i've ever read about in fiction and he is in london he was in italy at the end of the second world war he saved someone's life and he is left a property in Florence, I feel like this isn't giving too much away, life changes. Mm -hmm. And it's mainly about yes, life changing events, what constitutes family, like who we choose as our family. Mm. And there's also a really gorgeous link to A Room with a View. It's the most beautiful book. And it's written in this way, that is so cinematic. And it's so observation it's more observational than it is dialogue driven or anything like that so I feel Mm. like when you're reading it you can feel or you can see the idea of like a camera sort of panning around and you can really picture this the scenes in your mind and I just I loved it and there's also some great food references obviously because it's in Italy for most of the story and books with food recently have just been such a thing for me so that is my top top pick Still Life by Sarah Winman but I also took a two-week break right at the beginning of lockdown I happened to have a two-week holiday booked I was meant to go to New Zealand to see my aunt it Mm. didn't happen obviously I decided to use the time to begin the Wolf Hall trilogy by Hilary Mantel
0: oh that is sitting directly above me right now and it has I've carried it with me for two years and I haven't read it yet
1: well Sasha (laughs) hold back no longer but now is the time (laughs) because boy has it paid off I am now my friend sitting with my hand upon the third volume
0: (laughs) the mirror in the light I heard the thump I heard just the thump there it is there it is
1: I won't drop the book on the desk because we'll probably lose a connection from the sound that it would make (laughs) it is phenomenal and I am obviously it's phenomenal it's won loads of prizes you don't need me to tell you that (laughs) but I am obsessed with this character of Thomas Cromwell and I will be devastated when he is no longer in my life his mind is it's bizarre and fascinating and so manipulative and so that i I couldn't go on about it enough and it would take up too much time but suffice to say she deserved all the prizes that she
0: got i can tell you that now (laughs) so you're wondering i'm going yes i know i'm like three or four years late to the party but hillary well done yeah good job
1: Well done, Hills. I
0: also award you prizes. Um, I wanted to ask a question about what's his name, Ulysses? Is that what you said in Still Life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it annoy you when characters are kind of wholesomely wonderful in novels? Because I think sometimes it sets like an unfair. I, I I don't know. I find that a little off-putting as as a reader only too aware of my own flaws as a human being when i read someone fictionalized who is far greater than i could ever hope to be and there's nothing that, like do you find that that kind of you don't have anything to relate to them about or or do you like reading about those kind of people uh,
1: i hear what you're saying and i think also with a name like ulysses he's obviously carrying this like myth <laughs> mythological weight on his shoulders mm. and Yeah, you're expecting great things of him. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. um, I think with a character, with how he is, and I agree with you, if he was completely, if he was just good, he is a good character, but if he is only good and even characters that are only good, they can be drawn in such a way that is just really 2D, way too sickly sweet, mm. you can't engage with them. But if someone is good, but also you as the reader get to see into their psyche a bit more and you get to see the things that they're contending mm. with and the things that they battle with to be that good person, that's a whole mm. other thing that you get to engage with because then you're getting that that privilege as the reader, which other characters in the book don't get I'm speaking about them now as if they are real people that they don't see that side of the person and it would be like you know Mm. the reader can hear your thoughts but the people around you can't hear your thoughts you know what I mean
0: yeah absolutely I also think that's a really good segue and I'm gonna take it with both hands onto my watch recommendation because I've been watching Ted Lasso and
1: <gasps> it was gonna be one of my no! words. Like Is it too is
0: it too much to
1: recommend Ted Lasso? Sasha, go with it, <laughs> run with it. I have a different watch <laughs> recommendation which is so obscure. Um Excellent. go with Ted Lasso, Excellent. run. Because
0: I was gonna say, um I'm really enjoying that it's a show that doesn't have a deep layer of negativity or grime or, you know, the underbelly or we're going to, I mean, quite different to my ob- obvious like con men psychopaths tendency that I was just talking I'm about. So yeah, but I just love that. It's this joyous exploration of like this man who wakes up every day and vows to live life to the fullest and see the world in a positive way. And also the part that I'm really enjoying is that I feel like it's showing a spectrum of masculinity that I haven't seen on TV ever, you know, really, really different men, who are all talking about their challenges really openly. And in the, in this 28 minute bantery comedy yep. piece about soccer slash football, which also, by the way, never seems to actually be on the television. Like everything happens in the locker room. I think there's like three matches in the whole yeah, entire series. That was almost a
1: criticism <laughs> from me after the first season was I wish I'd seen more football, but then friends I had. Oh, I have not past tense. Yeah. <laughs> who who are into football as well? We're like, yeah, but they're really not very good football players. Yeah, because so I, I watched it and it's, thought,
0: it's uh, I don't think that looks convincing. And anyone who knows me knows sports is not my forte. So I was thinking, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that I want more. Oh, I country. am positively
1: <laughs> evangelical about this TV series. Now, oh, where are you up to? Are you are you up to date with it?
0: I am up to date. I devoured it last weekend because Ugh. I love to just like have background TV on while I'm cooking and at the moment I'm sewing a lot oh, and so I, I was like so. it's just a great we can talk <laughs> about that in a future episode. Uh yeah, so uh it was like my sewing TV this weekend while yes. I just popped it on while I like cut away and made a few little things. So yeah.
1: I think it's a it's a TV series that I have heard exactly what you said before said about it in mm-hmm. terms of it should be too sweet, it should be too saccharine, Mm -hmm. but it works. Mm -hmm. Nothing about this TV series should work, but it works. And it works really, (laughs) really well. And what people talk about, and this actually flashed up on my Instagram feed today, today. there's a New Yorker article about this, I think. Mm. When people talk about Ted Lasso, they aren't talking about the TV series as in, there's this great bit, and then this happens, Mm -hmm. and this is done really well. Everyone talks about how this TV show
0: makes them feel. Oh, that is a hundred percent it. You leave every episode, you you don't feel worse. Yeah, it's it's something that I think like, you know, some of those great American sitcoms like The Office or Parks and Recreation. Originally a British series. Oh, sorry. But yes. I was thinking yeah, I I but Ricky, you can't really say Ricky Gervais ever no, leaves you, you feeling not, and,
1: positive and no, uplifted and about a, anything. It's a comp- it's a completely different um tone. Yeah. Show, sorry, I should have
0: yeah. I should have specified the American series of The Office. Um Parks and Recre and Parks and Recreation, I think, are the two other series that I've watched that have this similar Theme of just like everyone is trying their best. That's it. And the comedy comes from them miserably failing at that. But no one's walking around trying to make everyone feel bad for trying their best. And maybe that's why
1: this TV series has hit us so hard, particularly at this time, because literally all we can all be doing right now is trying our
0: best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like that's. I'm not a professional football player and I'm not paid millions of dollars to coach and the world isn't watching me try to do what I'm doing. But I do identify, identify with that feeling of like, I just, I just want to get up in the morning and give it all a go and have a good time. So what are you watching now that I've talked about Ted Lasso and I've stolen one of your recommendations? What's your, on your list? What's your obscure choice? <laughs> this is so. Okay. This is
1: obscure. I mean, it's not obscure because it's on Instagram, but it's obscure. So <laughs> there is there is someone on Instagram who has created an Instagram account for mm. the sole purpose of cooking her way through the recipes in the best memoir of recent times, oh. Everything I Know About Love.
0: I think I saw... Did you post this today? I think I saw this, like, literally just an hour ago. So the reason you've
1: probably seen this just an hour ago <laughs> is because she's basically just set up this account like this week very recently and then dolly alderton finds out about it <gasps> author of everything i know about love and she puts it on her instagram feed so mm. this poor and assuming individual wakes up the following day and she's like my phone's going insane i don't know why oh Dolly Alderton's it's like mentioned my Instagram account. Anyway, the videos are fantastic. She's funny. I am just all about it. I, it's it's fan, It's just wonderful. It's wonderful viewing.
0: <laughs> oh, I am. I am definitely going to go subscribe and watch it. You know, I read about that this week. Yeah, today, as I said, probably from Dolly's um, Instagram, and I thought, what a brilliant lockdown. Like activity I should do that because from memory all the recipes are like cheesy like mac and cheese and lasagnas and you know things that I do want to be eating in lockdown exactly so the
1: first thing that she's made is the hangover mac and cheese which is what you've just mentioned and the second thing she made was the seduces soul manier
0: Oh, no. It's like a lemon. It sounds French. Yeah. And I'm
1: not very good at French. And I'm not going to... Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Anyway, that's what she made. Buy the
0: book and they'll be in there. Or watch the Instagram and we'll see it. That is a great suggestion. It's, you know, four minutes of your life and it'll cheer you up. No end. If you need (sighs) to. And give you some good cooking ideas. Okay, so that's what you're watching. What are you listening to? Okay,
1: I feel that... I listen to things. I am constantly listening to things by the way as well. I am mm. constantly podcasting, constantly listening to various mm-hmm. music, radios on my Spotify or whatever. So, but I listened most recently and absolutely loved an episode of and I'm kind of doing this for you as well, Sasha. The cla- the Classical oh. Fix show on BBC3. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the
1: episode that I was listening to was, I think, actually recorded for International Women's Day. And you'll know where I'm going with this, I think. But it was with the, she's the initial host, isn't it? Clemmy Burton-Hill. Yes. And she, yeah, so she interviews or... Oh, It's not really an interview, is it? But in this episode, she is with the wonderful Elizabeth Day. And the format of this show is that she creates a playlist of classical music for her guest. Mm -hmm. The guest goes away and listens to it. And then they come back and they make their way track by track through the playlist and discuss it. And how it made the person, in this case Elizabeth Day, feel. And it's just lovely. And I love it because... Elizabeth Day admits, and I am not someone who knows anything about classical music. You, Sasha, are an incredibly knowledgeable person about classical music, which is a, a reason why I wanted to bring it up. But these two women are also great friends, and uh, yeah, Clemmie Burton Hill had this horrific um, brain bleed, I think it was, and I think it was last year, and she lost like all of her speech. Her she she had yeah. she had to learn how to speak again, and this is her first. Record since it's incredibly emotional, but there's also just such beautiful music and beautiful discussion of music. And the thing I wanted to ask you about it actually was one of the things, one of the tracks that she puts in the playlist for Elizabeth mm. is a Max Richter track.
0: Yeah, and
1: yes, right. So I, as who a complete... I adore. <laughs> okay, okay, good. So yeah. this was going to be my question to you because I, as someone who is very, has such basic classical music, basically non-existent classical music knowledge. So I'm coming from the, you know, play me some Ludovik I'm not even gonna say his name, right, but I some I now piano. yeah. yeah. <laughs> just put it on in the background. Let me write an essay when I'm at university. That was my first, you know, that's my approach. Max Richter's like recomposed four seasons. I adore, mm. but I recognise so overplayed and this is what elizabeth day said on the mm. podcast she was like he's so overplayed that do people in the know actually like him or is he just now for <laughs> people like me but you say you like him sasha tell me tell ex- talk yeah, to me yeah but my i'm friend. not
0: but i'm not gonna speak for all the people in the know because i do think that there is a certain you know oh, it's so hard because it's kind of like I guess the easiest one to liken it to is visual art, which is that there's mm. such a discrepancy sometimes between what people want to hang in their homes and what people want to go and look at at the art gallery and then what makes you think and what's pushing the envelope of what art is. And so I think Max Richter for me really falls into that category of like I personally love his music and I think um, I – listen to it and for me in particular when I need to calm down or when I'm working or studying or Mm -hmm. needing just a moment of calm it it has been really important to me so I don't um discredit that but I think there's other musicians I know who I respect um and who des like know far more than me and are far more proficient than me who you know they would turn to someone else when they're looking for an example of modern contemporary art music. So I, th- I think every... It's a bit like, you know, coriander or something. It's like it's not going to be to everyone's <laughs> taste. And that's... Some people think it tastes like Yeah, so. and that's totally yeah. okay. I have to say as well, though, that um, when I lived in London, I worked at the Barbican and one of the gigs I did was <gasps> on his residency and he was a delightful oh. man and his wife was delightful and I think because that was my first interaction with him, was actually working on that show. And, you know, he wouldn't know who I am. Like, I was a runner. I was an artist liaison, so I basically fetched his sushi at lunchtime. Um But, but it's, I think... He, so you're easily the person that he could choose
1: to Exactly,
0: exactly. And there were other times... Yeah. <laughs> and there were other times when I worked in that job where people were rude. So I think, you know having met someone who is now incredibly famous and must be enjoying a certain amount of, like, wealth and fame that comes from that. And in the classical music world, that's that's pretty hard to come by, actually. People don't go into classical music to become rich and famous. And I do think that he seems to be someone who's a genuinely lovely person. And also, the event that he put on as his residency had some really incredible and thought-provoking art music and contemporary works that was so different to his sound world that I suddenly went I think he just knows what he's good at and he knows what speaks to him and he knows the voice that he wants to write with he's not someone who just banishes everything that pushes you know challenges him out out of the window you know it it was just such a it's, it was a really interesting environment mm. to be in, and I, I had a lot of respect for him after working on that weekend. So that's kind of my little Max Richter support spiel. <laughs> oh, I love that, and I love that
1: we went into some random day, which was completely <laughs> delightful. I hope so. I want to ask. Can I ask you one more question yeah. about Max Richter, and then you need to tell me what you're listening yes. to? But I want to understand what does it mean that he has recomposed the four seasons pieces
0: i'm not sure that i'm going to explain this as eloquently as i just keep thinking that you know i know so many wonderful musicians who will answer this with more authority than i will but he's taken vivaldi's four seasons and he's used the the work and the essence of the work and he's just reshaped it slightly so he's just re i keep going to use the word recomposed
1: but (laughs) there's something about it so it's obviously when you listen to it and that it's music that everyone most people I'm sure at some point in their life have come across it even if they don't know what it is if you play it to them they will recognize Mm. it in some form and as a result what what has been made is still completely recognizable as those pieces but it does sound different
0: yeah yeah okay actually now you've you've prompted me in the right direction because um I was going to say what he's done is he's taken the works and he's just reframed them slightly so it's a bit like taking you know a really famous artwork and just changing the frame and then that changes your perception of the work like if you change a photo frame from a gold outline to a red outline it's going to pick up different colors in the work itself and so some of it, it's just he changed the time signature. So he's just stretched one particular note in the phrase and that gives it a different feeling, like an off-kilter feeling. So instead of being just like in a straight four, which would give you like a very even gate, it's now in a five or a seven pattern, which means that you're if – you, if you think about music as being like a left-right, left-right pattern, mm-hmm. it's like left, left, right, left – you know, every now and yeah. then you have to take a double step to – to keep, it's to like keep a walking dance in a, more than a walk, yeah, or 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 like you're tripping down the street a little bit, like yeah, it's a bit okay, uncomfortable. Okay, and then in other pe- other movements, I know like all he's done is add like a drone to it, so he's just like instead of letting the piece kind of travel through all these different harmonics, he's like centering it. In this, um, he, he's just like constantly reminding you that it's not really going anywhere and it's going to come back to this central force. Now I'm, I'm just bringing those things up because they're actually like very simple ideas, Mm -hmm. but I've heard other attempts by different composers to do a similar thing with other well-known works and they just haven't been as successful. So I do think it's a bit like, I know I keep going down this artistic path, but it's like the Rothko's where it's like, all he's done is paint a canvas red and different shades of red. Yeah. And people look at it and they're like, my kids could do that. But the question is always like, well, did your kids do that? Or like, did you do yeah. that? Because you didn't. <laughs> so for me, there always is this element of like, well, if it was so easy, why didn't you do it? Or if it was so simple, why didn't you do it? And yeah, if that is your answer, then go go do it go do it with something else and so I do think that like yeah some of the in some of them it's like a very very small piece like maneuver that he's done to the work but um yeah it doesn't mean that it's not impressive I think that yeah sometimes the simplest things in life are impressive yeah that's great yeah hopefully that helps (laughs) Ugh thank you
1: for that i'm so glad that i picked that as my thing because i knew you would have some really interesting things to say about it and you did so what have you been listening to well i'm
0: glad you said that because i'm kind of going to give you your own little classical fix now because i thought i i listened to lots of podcasts obviously but i thought you know we are in lockdown we're going on lots of walks and we're you know Kind of getting out into nature. And the other day I went on a walk and I, you know, sometimes you just have cravings to listen to particular pieces of music. Like,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: So tonight I went on a run and I desperately wanted to listen to Savage Garden, which was like oh, a very niche throwback.
1: Was it that? But, um,. um- Cherry Cola song.
0: No, it was um. Da-na-na-na-na. Oh, okay. This is my homework. I'll, I'll bring it for yeah. next week, and I'll remember what it is because it's a great. My friend has done a great arrangement on YouTube, and I was listening to it, and I was like, "This is such a great song." Anyway, wow. Tell um, so, okay. I went to the park, and I put on um. I listened to Janacek's on an overgrown path. Okay. and uh I this listened is my homework is to listen to yeah, this yeah it's the seventh movement and it's called good night and I just sat under a tree and looked at the sky and lay on my back and listened to this and it was just one of those perfect Sunday activities when you're like this is this is all I needed to just like refresh myself. It's just, yes. I, I love what I love about classical music. I mean, we've, we've obviously talked about it for the last 15 minutes, so we don't <laughs> need to know, but, um, I just love how it's, it's it transports you it connects you to this man who lived you know 100 150 years ago 200 years ago sometimes sometimes more um and these thoughts came out of his brain and were written down on a little piece of paper sometimes there's women though so i am generalizing but like yeah obviously most of the canon is written by men um (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) i know it's like not not enough tonight um and, and it's just like this little connection with a previous time and a previous place. And I just love that. Um, for me, it's and like he would music,
1: have never yeah. been writing that thinking that someone this far into the future would be connecting it. That, that would just, it boggles the Blow mind. Blow his mind. Boggles yeah. In the 21st the century,
0: I would have a little tiny computer that lived in my pocket that sent noise to the tiny little plastic things I put in my ears that would play his music to me yeah, I think it's I love like,
1: stuff like this it makes me get uh,
0: very woo woo
1: and I'm into it and also <laughs> your thing about staring at the stars my goodness at a difficult time like this if you can go and sit in an open <laughs> space anywhere and stare <laughs> up and even find a couple a couple of stars in the sky to look at
0: I'm I'm there for it
1: oh it's so it.
0: it's so good it's just like that lion king moment of going like you know all the great people <laughs> of the past live in the sky. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent now, but that is, what, it's the musical version of that. <laughs> of Timon like. and Pumbaa <laughs> lying on their backs next to you. All the Guessing great kings of the past are. live in the sky. You know, that kind of thing. It, that's that's uh, where I'm going with it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, but I'll send I you the really link. Now I just want to watch The Lion King. <laughs> yes, yeah, send me the
1: link to that piece. We will discuss like... it. That will be my homework
0: for next Lovely. time all right well i think that's that's it we've managed to chin wag for a while Oh we've done but it. but i think um we're on to a winner hopefully
1: fingers crossed thank you for staying fingers with crossed. us if you if you've come this far thank you well done come back again please <laughs> with us Steve. and uh absolutely yeah this was great thank you